0: Welcome to the girl means business podcast. I'm your host Kendra Swalls, a former teacher turned entrepreneur here to help you navigate the messiness of mom life and biz life. Each week, my guest and I will share our experiences, insights, and tips to help you move your business from survival mode to success mode. So grab your favorite drink and let's dive in because this girl means business. Hey guys, welcome to episode 147 of the Girl Means Business podcast. Unfortunately, I'm coming to you today from my COVID quarantine bedroom where I have been hidden away for the last few days trying to keep my family from catching what I have, which is, sadly, I have got COVID. Um today I'll keep the intro nice and short because I know that nobody wants to hear my awful scratchy voice right now but uh we do have a really wonderful episode and it's kind of fitting because I was really tempted to skip this week's episode. I thought, you know, I'm not feeling great, my voice isn't great. I'm stuck in this room like Maybe I just need to have this be the week that I skip the week. It's not the end of the world. However, I knew I would be really upset with myself if I let this one thing ever, you know, I have not missed a week of this podcast in over two and a half, three years, and I'm not going to let COVID stop me from getting this episode out. And it's fitting because today we're talking all about podcasting. So if podcasting is something that has been on your to-do list or something you keep saying, well, that's something I'll do at some point in my business, then there's no better time than right now to start a podcast. And today's guest, Samantha Lee Wright, she analyzed, strategized, and bootstrapped her way into podcasting fame. With no connections and a shoestring budget, she skyrocketed to success, becoming the world's top podcaster in her category in a matter of weeks. So she's not only a master on her platform, but is a passionate leader of the podcasting world. And today she is sharing with us all of her podcasting tips, things that you should know before you get into podcasting, how to get started, kind of the basic tips of like, is this really something for me? What do I need if I want to make this work? How do I do this? This is what today's episode is all about. She's giving us some really great tips, things that I wish I'd known when I started my podcast. But I will say out of everything that we're going to talk about in today's episode, one of the things I do want to say is if podcasting or starting a podcast is on the list of things you want to do in 2022, just get started because you're never going to be 100% ready. You're never going to have 100% of it figured out until you just jump in, start doing it, get your feet wet, and start learning while you're doing it. But hopefully today, Samantha's tips and advice will help give you the confidence you need to get going. All right, guys, enough of me talking. Let's get into my conversation with Samantha Lee Wright. Hey, guys, I'm here with Samantha Lee Wright. We're going to be chatting today all about podcasting. Samantha, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here.
1: Hi, Kendra. Thank you so much. It's great to be here.
0: Well, I'm excited to dive into this topic. Of course I love podcasting, obviously. But um before we get into all that, I would love for you to share with us a little bit about your story. Um, who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah. So first and foremost, I am just a podcast addict. I've been listening to podcasts, you know, since the kind of mid 2000s when they were first becoming a thing. And I'm just always the person that's got earbuds in or in the car or listening to some new obscure podcast or this, that, and the other. And um, then about seven years ago, I was just a struggling stay-at-home mom. I was pregnant with my second and my my son was a, a toddler at the time, just trying to survive. Quite frankly, we were struggling as a family of four. We were living well under the poverty line on food stamps, Medicaid, just all the things and just really at a a crossroads in life where I was thinking, gosh, you know, I I can't even afford to send my kids to childcare if even if I did get a job. So, you know, what are my options here? And so long story short, I started my own business and part of that strategy for growing my business and really making it work for me was starting a podcast because it was something I could do from home. I could do it. In the cracks of momhood during nap times or late at night, I could um, really make it my own and leverage that to make it work for me. And um, you know, years later, it's become a, a really successful business for me and my family. We've reached over five million downloads on my podcast. It's turned into a six-figure business for me. So it it was just truly life saving for me and my family. And um, now it's evolved to now teaching other people how to podcast. And so, yeah, my whole world kind of revolves around the podcast land and I love it. And I'm just so honored to be able to do this for a living.
0: That's amazing. And I love that it's been such a blessing to your family. And also that you have done what I hear a lot of people do, which is kind of what I did in my business too, is you started as one thing and then it kind of evolved into this other thing. And now you're like, oh, well, I'm. Clearly, I'm doing something right with this podcasting thing. Let me share my knowledge with others, um, which I think is always so such a good um, like skill set to have is to be able to recognize opportunity to kind of pivot and do something that can help others in a different way than you maybe originally planned.
1: Yeah, it really is key what you just said. I just want to emphasize exactly what you just said. It's learning to recognize those opportunities. And pivot when they come along because, you know, if someone had asked me to map out the blueprint for my business as it looks today or how it's looked for the past couple of years, no way in a million years would I have been able to map out exactly what happened and what it looked like. All I could see was that first step in front of me. And that was, all right, I've got this idea I've got this thing I'm passionate about and I think it could help a lot of people. Let me just take this first little baby step and, you know, didn't really make any money for the first year and had to keep going on faith, keep going forward, knowing that, you know, this this has opportunity, this has potential. And then it was really kind of one thing after the other of recognizing, oh, here's here's an opportunity. Let me, let me go for that. And okay, that brought in some money. That's great. And it's really just been, baby step after baby step of recognizing those little pivot points like you just said because i think a lot of entrepreneurs in the beginning get really caught up on knowing the master plan right having everything mapped out <laughs> and it's just typically doesn't work that way
0: right no oh, it very rarely works that way <laughs> um, yeah so okay let's let's get into the meat of it because i think that there's a lot of people listening who maybe obviously if they're listening to this, they are a fan of podcasts. Which, um, I mean, nowadays my like, kind of people. Yeah, it's funny to me if someone says like, "Oh, I don't listen to podcasts." I'm kind of like, "What?" You're
1: like, who, like <laughs> what? I mean, yeah, <laughs> especially if they're
0: like under forty five. I'm like, "Really? What do you do when you're in the car?" Like, <laughs> 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 um, but I, that's you know, for me, like I'm a huge fan of podcasts because I just one, I listen to some that are purely for entertainment purpose, but I'm a, like a student at heart. I love to just consume things. I love to learn new things. And so I do a lot of that type of podcast listening, but, um, there may be people listening that are thinking like, okay, I love podcasts. I love consuming podcasts. I have this business. How do I know if a podcast is a good addition to my business or not?
1: Yeah. Well, there's kind of two different types of podcast and podcasters that I like to differentiate between. One is the small business owner or entrepreneur um, who kind of already has a sense of their business. They have one or two income streams coming in, whether that be a a product that they sell or affiliate for or an MLM, or they're they're a coach or um, provide some sort of service. And and for those people, you know, starting a podcast is to me a no brainer way to create more leads, more uh, more trust between leads, and bring in potential clients or customers to your business if you if you do it smartly, right. Um, and then there's the other kind of podcasters who maybe they they don't really have a, a business yet, or maybe they do, but they they also have kind of this podcast idea that really has nothing to do with their existing business. And they just have a good idea or are interested in telling a story or starting it as a hobby even, and and want to start a podcast just to kind of see what happens. And I think that both of those categories of people are um you know totally legitimate and and I love working with both categories of people sometimes I like working with the the people that are kind of doing it just for fun or have this bizarre idea because they're not they can kind of strategize what their podcast is going to be about in a little bit of a different way and then focus on just growing an audience from there and then trying to monetize it down the road when they've built up that that uh that uh, community of listeners right But I also love working with current business owners too, because a lot of them don't realize the different options and the different strategies and ways they can create a podcast and what that podcast can, can sound like and what it can be about. Um, you can have a lot of fun with it. It doesn't have to be super literal. Like if you're a, let's say you're a a therapist and you want to start a podcast, you know, you don't have to start a podcast that's just you talking about therapy, you can approach it in really creative ways. Like there's this one podcast, um, Oh, what's it called? I just blinked on it. It's like, <laughs> where, where shall we begin? I think is what it's called. And it's a therapist who it's just recordings of her, her sessions, like with permission from her clients, of course. And that's pretty much the whole, the whole podcast. It's not her going on talking about therapy. It's just this capturing of sessions, which I've, I've find super fascinating so there's yeah. so many options if you're willing to kind of think outside the box but I really can't think of anyone who is interested in making money online or just doing something really artistic or fun that that wouldn't be able to find success in podcasting.
0: Yeah. I I love one of the things I'm seeing in podcasting that and I, you've probably noticed this too is the fact that, like, yeah, there's so many people who are thinking outside the box now. You know, like, when podcasts first started, it was, okay, let me get into a studio with a microphone and um, all this equipment, and I'm going to record, you know, like, me talking about something or me talking with somebody in interview style. And, and now there's so many, and you don't have to – the barrier to entry is so low, which I, I love, because mm-hmm. it isn't – you don't have to have a studio and tons of equipment and – you know, work in radio or have a background in any of that to start a podcast. Like I literally recorded my first episode of this podcast in my master closet with my iPhone and a pair of earbuds. Yeah, Like that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, it, you know, I, I, I love that. And I love that there is such a limitless amount of creativity that you can do whatever you want you know it can be conversational it can be educational it can be like the therapy session when I've I've listened to um I think there's one called nurture versus nurture and she does kind of the same thing where it's therapy sessions with families and it's there's so many different takes on it that there's really not even like a mold you have to follow. Like it's just sort of, which for some people might be overwhelming.
1: It's true. But if, you know, you think about how podcasting has only been around for a few decades and, and think about film, television, music, theater, all these other mediums that have evolved over centuries. Just think about what podcasting could sound like in a hundred years from now. Right. It could sound mm-hmm, totally different. Yeah. And so there's, you know, people who are really just starting to experiment with the platform, um, you know, like some of the bizarre kind of podcast examples I like to give is uh, like the sounds of Disney podcast, where it's literally just a guy going around Disney World with a, like a high def microphone and capturing sounds mm-hmm. of Disney World.
0: <laughs> Oh how funny.
1: <laughs> and like it's such a popular podcast. People love it. Like they're like, "Oh, I'd love to listen to it at work." It makes me feel like I'm in Disney World. It makes me super happy and you know, he gives like occasional updates on what's happening in, in Disney World and um and then there's fiction podcasts and there's storytelling podcasts. There's limited series. There's just so many ways that you can approach it. But, you know, when you're first starting out, it, it can feel a little overwhelming like, "Oh my god, there's limitless possibilities." Well, to really narrow it down, think about first and foremost create a podcast that you yourself would want to listen to. I feel like a lot of people really take that for granted, but really, if you're going to create something, make it something that you yourself would get value from and want to listen mm-hmm. to, or at least would have gotten value from, you know, a year ago or when you were at the beginning of whatever journey that you might decide you want to talk about. Um, and and figure out not just what your podcast is going to be about, but who is it for and why they're going to listen. Those core questions that I think all entrepreneurs kind of need to ask themselves about their business. But with podcasting, you really want to be crystal clear about that from the beginning. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee, no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Yeah, and I think, you know, when I first started this one, I had kind of a, it's sort of like the business thing. It evolved over time. And originally my idea was like, oh, I want to, I want to teach other women how to build a business and learn from the things that I've learned. And then over the last, oh gosh, it's been almost three years now, it has evolved more into what do I want to learn about? You know, like Mm -hmm. I, I kind of, and I say this on here a lot of times, selfishly, I kind of choose guests that I feel like I can learn something from too, because I want to become, a listener at times. Like there's times that I will be interviewing someone and I get caught up in listening to what they're saying. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be like part of this. Okay. I got to get back in here. <laughs> and, I, and that's, that's when it kind of occurred to me. I was like, oh, okay, this is the part where, yeah, you create what you would want to consume. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to one of my number one podcasts I to, and I mentioned on here before is Armchair Expert with Doc Shepard. And he always kind of talks about like making movies that way. He's like, I think that if you just have to make the movie that you would want to go watch. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true with, you know, podcasting business. I mean, all that kind of stuff. You have to create something that you would want to be a part of, or it's not going to be fun for you. You're eventually going to burn out and it's not going to be worth the effort and time anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and when we say make it something you would want to listen to that also means don't worry so much about what other people think you know if you like it then do it um and the the people that have your same sense of style or sense of humor or can appreciate what you're doing will find you eventually but you have to you have to kind of tune out maybe the naysayers or the people that say oh it's Oversaturated, or, oh, you know, no, that's weird. Who's going to want to listen to that? Like, no, 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 no. If you think it's cool, if you would want to listen to it, then that is where you need to start.
0: Yeah, there's somebody for everybody out there. And yeah, somebody's going to be drawn to that. And I think also, oh, did I cut out?
1: Sorry. No, you cut out on my but, side, but I, I can hear you now.
0: Okay. Um, so I think too, like, not only blocking out like the naysayers and things, but there are so many, we were talking about the idea of like, there's no real like roadmap to this. It's just kind of, you have to find what works for you and that can feel overwhelming. I know for me, like when there's too many options, when I start listening to other people's you know podcasts that are similar to what I do and I'm like, oh, I really love how she does this. And oh, I wish I could do that. And oh, I wish that mine sounded like this or looked like that or whatever that can be a little bit of a, a negative as well. So I think just putting on your blinders and kind of saying like, okay, this is what I think is gonna be best for me because if you spend too much time researching other people, what they're doing, it can start to kind of mess with the idea you originally had and get you off track. So not only like blocking out what other, the negative stuff around you, but maybe even like blocking out like what other people are necessarily doing To some degree. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a fine line there between a a positive, productive research versus compare and despair. So you Mm -hmm. want to find that sweet spot in the middle of, you know, looking at, okay, what are my competitors doing? Let's see what's already out there. And now let me see how I can improve on it and use that as inspiration because I, you know, I feel like like any artist, you need to look back at what's come before you in order to improve on it and build on it. But that can very quickly go into a very negative downward downward spiral of you know, compare and despair and procrastination and stalling that you definitely want to avoid. So yeah, you got to find that sweet spot. Yeah.
0: So speaking of like procrastinating stalling. So let's say that somebody has said, okay, I want to start a podcast. Like this is the year that I'm going to include, I'm going to add a podcast to my business, or I just, I have this idea and I really want to get it out into the world. The part I see people kind of struggling with is knowing like, not only where to begin as far as getting the recordings and things like that, but just the idea of how much do I need to have prepared ahead of time? How far in advance do I need to be working? Do I need to have all of these things figured out? So it, I think even just getting past the idea of, okay, I want to start a podcast. Here's my idea. And here's what, what I want it to look and sound like. What do they do next? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I, teach an online course. It's called pineapple podcasting. And I designed that course out in six weeks. So it's week by week. I hold your hand through literally every step of the process. And I've had some people go through the course who have come in with like a vague idea of what they want their podcast to be and have been able to hit that publish button in six weeks. But then I've had other people who their show is requiring a little more nuance or a little higher production value, or maybe they've gone through in, you know, in week one, we really dial in. We do a lot of exercises on what is your core concept? What's your show about? Who's it for? Why are they gonna listen? You know, what's the format gonna be? Like all those little details. And I have some people go through that first week and they're like, Oh my gosh, I, you know, I thought my podcast was going to be about this, but you've totally like doing these exercises has made me kind of go down this other trail that I'm way more excited about. And they, they go through that. And then it might not be for six months from now that they actually publish their podcast. So it's, it's hard to say exactly, but I, I think if you've got a solid idea and you're not afraid of learning new skills, if you're not afraid of you know, okay, I, I'm not sure quite how to fade music in on GarageBand. If you're not afraid to just go Google that and find an answer, then you, you can get a podcast launch, you know, within six to eight weeks. Um, but I always like to forewarn people before you hit that publish button, you do want to have a good stockpile of episodes kind of ready to go, right? So you're not stump like fumbling to get things ready. Um, you know, when, when you hit that publish button, it's nice to stay on a on a schedule. So, give yourself some time to get started. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, I kind of forget your original question, <laughs> Kendra. No, no, sampling. it was kind of a
0: it was kind of a, a big open-ended question. But it was like, what do you do once you have decided to do a podcast? But and I, like I said, I think that was kind of a big question. It needs to probably be broken down a little bit more <laughs> than that. But it, okay, so let's break it down. So, um let's just go technical. Let's start with the technical because I think that's where some people are like, Oh, I don't like you mentioned a garage band and right. obviously there's going to need to be like microphones and like we're recording this on on zoom, but there's other, you know, recording devices that can be really intimidating for some people. Like I mentioned, I did mine just on my on the app on my phone and my earbuds. It's not great. Trust me. I, I would not recommend going back and listening to that one, but what, where should people start if they're kind of like the technology part intimidates them? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'll just give an example for your typical at home podcaster. Maybe they're doing an interview, right? So we're not talking about like field recording and things like that, but you know, if you've got a, let's hopefully you have a laptop laptops are or are, are computers a lot easier to work with than your phone. Um, for sure. So let's assume you've got that. Then really, the only thing you need from there is a good quality microphone. And when I say good quality, I'm not talking like hundreds of dollars. You can get a really decent sounding mic for you know eighty dollars if you're on an even uh, tighter budget. you can find like a thirty five dollars microphone that's pretty good. Just make sure it's a USB microphone so that's got a USB port that plugs directly into your laptop or computer. Um, One thing that people don't talk about a lot are the two different types of microphones out there. And I find it very important to distinguish if you are recording at home and you're recording in a space that's not especially sound treated. So, you know, unless you're going to turn your closet into like a foam padded recording studio, then you want to avoid category of microphones called condenser microphones. You'd be much better served if you buy what's called a dynamic microphone. So when you're shopping, just look for those two different terms. A dynamic microphone is going to be a lot more forgiving on a home studio recording space that isn't sound treated. Um, A condenser microphone is going to give you a little bit of a richer sound, a little more intimate sound really full body vocals. But if you're recording in a room, you know, it's going to pick up a lot of echo. It's going to pick up every background noise that comes into play. So those tend to be a little less forgiving for the home, the home podcaster. So, um, so in general, I recommend dynamic microphones for beginners. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you've got that, you plug it into your computer, Every, every Mac comes with GarageBand, so you can use that. If you have a PC, then um, Audacity is, for, is free. You can download Audacity, which is a, a sound editing uh, program. And, um, you know, it'll take you a little bit to get to know it, but it's really not that hard. I've got 14-year-olds taking my course. I've got 70-year-olds taking my course, and they, <laughs> they've all been able to figure this out, right? Um, you can hit record in those programs. And then from there you can, you know, edit things. And if you want to get fancy and drag in some music, that's always fun, uh, but not necessary. And, and then boom, you know, start making your content. You got your sound files. And then from there, it's just a matter of publishing. So I don't know if you want to get into the technical aspect of that, but that's pretty much all there is to it.
0: Yeah. I think like the publishing part, I mean, that just, we won't get into too far into that because that can get a little bit into the weeds. But um, I say there's a lot of YouTube videos out there and tutorials that can help with that for sure. I want to kind of go back to the idea of like the at-home podcaster, because I think that's what a lot of of the people listening to this are going to be thinking. Like, well, I'm not going to be, you know, soundproofing a closet in my house to make a recording studio. So what are some tips you have? Because most of the time, like I record in my home office um, I kind of have like a makeshift setup that I create so that when I am recording, it's not, I have usually when I'm not, in, you know, scattered and in a rush, I have like a, a, the ability to block out a little more sound. So what are some tips you have for people who are recording, let's just say like in a guest room or in their master bedroom or in a home office or wherever they can to help get the best audio? Because I think that that's one of the things that really sets apart a great podcast from a good podcast is if the sound is really good. And I don't mean it has to be, you know, recording studio quality, but you're not hearing kids screaming in the background and dogs barking and Every little click and tap and things like that. So, how do you minimize that to make it sound really good? Yeah,
1: exactly. And I'll just echo you know, it does not have to be absolutely perfect. My podcast has over 5 million downloads, and I do not have the best sound quality you could possibly get on a podcast. It is a you know, mid range, okay quality. And it's, it's good enough. So it's like the land of good enough is fine for, for some podcasters. And if you, if you're working, especially in like a niche community, like they'll forgive you if your content is good. But that being said, there is so much that you can do to ensure a, a better quality sound. So one is to understand how mics work. So, um, you know, plugging it into your computer, isn't, isn't the last step. From there, you want to adjust your microphone settings. That's so important. So in most microphones, when you plug them into your computer, you can pull up your your sound settings. So like on a mic, it's just underneath the settings, audio, tab, and then input volume. And it'll show you essentially how loud your volume is being inputted at. And most times, for some reason, if you plug in a mic, the kind of automatic input setting that it gets set to is really high. So when people talk, it's, it just sounds super blown out. So like here, I'm going to push my input volume all the way up and you can see how I sound terrible. So now I push it back yeah. down and it's not so bad, but that's a, a big mistake that a lot of people make is there. They don't adjust their input volume. You want to make sure that your voice isn't what we call blowing out the mic. So, if there's like a little, uh, it's uh, it's, I can explain it visually a lot easier, but when you look on your computer, there's like a input level, uh, ticker that visually shows you how loud your voice is and you never want it to go all the way to the top. You want it to kind of sit somewhere in the middle. So that's a yeah, huge I, thing.
0: That's what I picture. I mean, like, cause I've, I've used garage band for you know, the last several years doing this. And that's what I always picture was like, you kind of have like this middle line you want to stay right around you don't want your voice to ever get like way up super high and there's sometimes I've you learn with your own voice too I think and you can tell me what you think of this but like when I'm recording intros and things or my solo episodes in GarageBand there's certain inflections that I make in my voice where it will kind of pitch up a little bit higher and I'm like oh it's too high it's too high back away from the mic a little bit so you start to learn your own voice as well and you start to learn like what how your voice conveys through the microphone too, which I think is, it's a little bit interesting because I personally have never liked the sound of my voice. And yet when nobody I have does, people who, Kindred, Nobody does, nobody does. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had people tell me, they're like, oh, your voice is like so soothing on the podcast or oh, I, you have the best podcast voice. And I'm like, really? I can't stand to my voice.
1: It's <laughs> the same exact reaction so. I get. I'm like, really? What planet are you from? That you find exactly. this soothing. <laughs> Uh, There's a word for it, Kendra. It's called voice confrontation. Um, And it's because when we hear our own voices in our heads, we're hearing it more so through vibrations in our skull. And it sounds literally lower in pitch. than if we hear ourselves on a recording, we're hearing that recording through our ears now, and it's coming in at a higher frequency or a higher pitch than what we normally hear when we talk. And so it sounds so different than what we are used to hearing that we go, Oh my God, is that me? That's terrible. Oh, interesting.
0: I didn't know that. Well, I think I may have heard that in some fashion, but it didn't, like register with me, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but it, you That's bring up funny. a good point too, on, on mic technique, uh, especially if you do end up getting a dynamic microphone, dynamic microphones, you want to, what I call make out with the mic. You want to have your, your mouth, like really close to your microphone, like an inch away. With the condenser microphones, you want about four inches away because those those mics are a little more sensitive, but you can hear the difference i'm so right now I'm talking about two feet away from my microphone and now I'm coming in and I'm about two inches away from my microphone and you can it just makes such a you sound so much more intimately close to someone when you are physically closer to your microphone. it can make a really big difference
0: yeah, oh my gosh, uh, thank you for these like. Audio example. Yeah. (laughs) It's super helpful. And and then one last tip I'll Uh, give
1: for the location that you're recording in. You know, we don't, like, I do not have the ideal room to record in. My room has really high pitched ceilings, hardwood floors. It's got windows, big, big windows on all sides of it. So lots of, potential for echo. So something I've done to minimize that is I've hung floor to ceiling velvet curtains up. They're not very pretty, but they are very sound absorbent. And I've put in um, a rug, I've put in a futon. So it, like, if you're working in a space, the more cluttered the space is, the better, because all of those jagged surface areas are gonna absorb uh, sound better than like flat hardwood surfaces or hard surfaces that are going to bounce your voice back to you. And whatever you've got behind you, like face, like to your back behind your microphone is actually more important than what's on the other side. So if there's a way for you to turn your, your back towards a a fuzzy couch or a crowded bookcase, or even if you can put your microphone in front of a closet and have your back to the closet door, that really helps get a a softer uh, sound, a better quality sound too.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. So my, I have a podcast editor that I work with and he had even told me he, when I first started working with him, he kind of had me get on a video call and show him my space. I typically record in and he said, part of mine was that was I face a wall whenever I'm talking and so he had suggested to even put like a pillow or something between my microphone and the wall to help the the bounce back, I guess, mm-hmm. the echo off the wall. And so I find that that helps a lot too, is I will usually place like a little throw pillow or something there just to kind of help that absorb some of that um, noise or echo. And I'm also next to a window that faces the, the front road of our, you know, outside of our house of... So trash can or trash trucks drive by where it makes noise. So I have to kind of block some of that sound as much as I can when I'm using what I have. I mean, I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not in the studio space, so I'll use whatever I have available to me to help do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you can't, if you have a closet that you don't mind you know, putting a little mini desk and chair. And those really are the best spaces to record in because they're nice and small. And then they typically have a bunch of clothes hanging in them, right? Which absorb a ton of sound. So there's some really world famous podcasters that, um, you know, got their start and or still record in their closets because it really does give a really great sound quality.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, I, I love like a good sounding podcast, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, but I also really appreciate those that are you know the realistic ones where it's you every once in a while you do hear a little bit of background noise yeah. or, maybe or people report not the, in their
1: cars and you're like all right you yeah know, it's
0: good all right yeah hey whatever works you that's the thing is it's just it's not about the perfection it's about like getting it getting it done you know I always say like done is better than perfect. So like you were saying, like you don't have to have the best equipment, the best audio, the best everything. You just have to kind of get in there and start working with it.
1: Exactly. I couldn't agree more.
0: So I had thought of a question and now it left my head. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what are some common mistakes you see people making when it comes to creating a podcast or starting a podcast?
1: Yeah, so I think... One of the biggest mistakes I see people go, uh, go too broad when they're creating a podcast. So they're like, oh yeah, I want to start a podcast about health and wellness or about um, the environment or, or whatever. And they, they tend to just kind of cast their net a little too broad, especially if like me, you're starting out from zero. If you are coming at this without a big following, with without a big budget, without a team, if you're really kind of a nobody right now, then the fastest and easiest way for you to find success in the online world is to niche down. Really focus in on one small community of people that you get to serve and then and build up an audience, build up a community that way, and then branch out a little wider from there. Um, but that I'd say it's the number one factor into how I was able to find success and and actually turn my podcast into a profitable business was that I niched down hard for my podcast (laughs) and it, and it really paid off and it's, it's sometimes hard to do. And what really inspired me, one of my mentors when I was starting out was, uh, John Lee Dumas, very, very famous podcaster who, um, he does the entrepreneurs on fire podcast and that's something that he says over and over again. He says, niche down, niche down again, and then niche down till it hurts. And I really took that to heart when I was deciding on what my podcast was going to be about. And it was I just absolutely the, the best advice I ever followed, even though it was hard. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, am I shooting myself in the foot? Is this going to be too narrow? You know, is there going to be enough people that are going to listen? Um, but when you're trying to compete against. Uh, other podcasts out there. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of podcasts that are in that general category who already have large followings, who already have big budgets, who already have audiences. So in order to get just your, your foot in the door, really think about what's something or what's one community that you can serve in a way that, that isn't really already being addressed that specifically. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one size fits all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a -a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other, and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Yeah, I I love the niching down piece because that, and not just for podcast, I think that's important in business in general. People are so afraid to get really specific. And those are the ones like you think about, like we were talking about earlier, create the podcast you'd want to listen to. The ones that I like to listen to the most are the ones who are very niche down, who are very specific to me or a phase of life I'm in or a phase of business that I'm in or whatever it might be. And so I love that tip.
1: Yeah. And then another quick tip I can give is, uh, and this is a little bit in the weeds here, so you can cut this out later if it's not relevant, but a lot of people don't understand how, uh, podcast categories work. So inside Apple podcasts, for example, you know, they have lots of different categories and the way that your podcast gets ranked is in that category that you choose. And, um, so when you're in your settings and this again is maybe a little too in the weeds, but when you're, when you're uploading your podcast to your media host, it's going to ask you in your settings, what category do you want to be a part of? And it lets you choose three different categories. The number, the first category you choose is the only one that matters when it comes to your ranking. So you want that first category you choose to be the most niche of categories. So if you're a health and wellness podcast, You could choose health and wellness as your category, or you could choose health and wellness dash alternative health, right? And that's one niche down. If you were to put that as your number one category, then your your chances of ranking higher in your category have now just gone up astronomically.
0: Interesting. Are you able to go back and change that after the fact?
1: You are. Yep. You can change that anytime.
0: It's good. So if someone's already started, if you you you're listening, you're like, oh, I've already. I've already done that, you can go back and you can adjust that. Um okay, so what are some tips you have? We've kind of talked about like getting started, um some of the mistakes you've seen people make, and then what if someone already has a podcast? They're like, "Okay, I started this podcast. I kind of let it go. It's it's kind of dying. Like I don't have a ton of downloads. How can they revive something that they've already started, or maybe they started a podcast and they kind of were like, oh, it's just not working. So they stopped recording, putting new content out together. Is it, should they start over again? What's, what's some good tips for kind of reviving an older show that maybe you want to bring back?
1: Yeah. I think this kind of comes back to really clarifying what your podcast is about, who is it for and why do they listen? Right. So especially if you decide, you know what, I I kind of want to reboot this podcast, but I, I want it to evolve a little bit. I want to niche it down some more, perhaps then it's kind of a judgment call, whether it's better to keep your feed and keep going under that same podcast name or same feed, or if you just want to kind of start over from scratch. So I tell people never be afraid to start over from scratch, if your if your audience is is relatively small. But if you've got you know a core group of you know let's say fifty or more listeners that are tuning in, you know every episode that you know you don't want to you don't want to just say goodbye completely. If there's a way that you can just kind of rebrand a little bit, so it's kind of a hard question to answer um, directly, but I have had like one of my students, they launched their podcasts. Um, they did a, a whole season and it, it just really wasn't hitting, wasn't getting a lot of traction. They weren't getting a lot of listeners and we were on a coaching call together and I was trying to pick their brains about, you know, really what's your show about, you know, who's it for? And it was clear that they didn't really have a clear vision. Um, it was kind of all over the place as far as well. It's for moms, but it's also for like moms who are living abroad and it, it's for moms who own businesses or, well, maybe it's just for people who are, who have to move abroad and they're navigating, you know, work-life balance and stuff. So it was just kind of all over the place, but, um, but instead of you know, completely starting over from scratch. They just relaunched with a second season. They're like, all right, season two is here. And this season we're really focused in and we, we helped, we I helped them dial in exactly what their show is going to be about, including a new name for their show. So it's not to you can change the name of your podcast if you want down the road. Um, and that's okay to do as well. And I find that sometimes a name change is really necessary to help revive kind of a dead podcast, because that's kind of going back to your previous question about mistakes that people make is one of the biggest mistakes I see people making is just not naming their podcast to their advantage. And what I mean by that is podcast apps especially are very unique in the sense that the organic traffic that you can get inside the podcast app is really high. So people like you and me, Kendra, who love podcasts, like if we want to learn about something, what do we do?
0: Go to the podcast. I mean, like go to the app. Yeah. We go to the app and we, and
1: we search for it, right. We search, you know, what's on our, what's on our mind and we search for it and we'll just kind of search through the shows or the episodes that get served us for that search result. And we listen to it and it's an amazing way for you to connect with the people who are looking for your kind of content is if you are smart about your search engine optimization within a podcast app. And the number one factor is your podcast name, your title. So a lot of people really shoot themselves in the foot when they come up with really clever podcast names that have absolutely (laughs) no keywords in them that people can find them with. So I've really uh, adopted my my biggest piece of advice for podcasters out there is embrace the dash, embrace the dash in your podcast name so you don't have to completely chuck your cool podcast name. Um, For example, if you were to search right now in your podcast app for a podcast about sleep, Let's say, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of podcasts that can help you fall asleep. If you put in the word sleep, then um, most of the shows that come up first have the word sleep in their title, even if it's after the dash. So there's one podcast called Pillow Talk, which is cute, right? Like that's a clever name. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's the Pillow Talk podcast, but Pillow Talk does not have the word sleep in it. But if you look at their official title, you know, underneath the cover art, it says Pillow Talk Dash you know, I can't remember exactly. It's like sleep stories for falling asleep fast or sleep stories, comma meditation or something. So they've got those keywords into their titles and yet they've still maintained a cool sounding podcast name. So that, I mean, that is such valuable advice for people who are starting out is make your show findable, take advantage of those SEOs. And we, I go into SEO, there's a couple other things in the, in the course that I go into where keywords matter most, but that's the number one place for sure. That's
0: a great tip. Cause I didn't even know that. I mean, I knew that like your title was searchable. I didn't know that like adding like, you know, the little kind of subheading to that was that key. And I, but I have seen that done, especially when you have like people who have named their podcasts, similar names, or even like, I've seen some that I was searching for one, one day that I had heard about on another podcast. And there were like four podcasts named this exact same thing, but they all had the little like dash, whatever. Um, And so I guess, is that something like, if someone's like, Oh, I want to use pillow talk as part of my um, podcast name. I've had it in my mind forever. It's part of my business, but I don't, but, can they do that and still have like pillow talk dash, whatever their specific genre is?
1: Right. I mean, I would say, no, it's a little bit of a, of a D move there. (laughs) It's like, you don't want to, you don't (laughs) want to take someone else's podcast name, but also because you don't want your brand to get confused with someone else's either. So I say avoid that. Especially because you never know who's gone through the trouble of trademarking. You don't want to get one of those letters right. in the mail that's like, oh, you have to change your podcast names. So, you know, research first, I would not pick a podcast name that has the root of it is already somebody else's podcast for sure, which could be frustrating because there's a lot of great names out there already taken, but you know, it be makes it hard for social media. How do people know which pillow talk is whose? right. It gets confusing. Right.
0: Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely don't want somebody coming after you for, for their name there. Okay. I've, I've have so many more questions. I would want to dive in here, but I feel like we need like a part two, because I don't want to get overwhelmed into a lot of the, like promoting your podcast and how to like do all the other stuff that go once you have it in the production. So maybe we need to do a podcasting part two with you, because I think that would be a really great follow-up to this.
1: Sure. I could talk about podcasting all day. So I'm happy to come back anytime. Sure. Yeah. So my, my podcast course, if you're interested is, is at pineapplepodcasting.com. And if you want to just get kind of a toe in the water, I've got a free workshop up on that site as well. That's pineapplepodcasting.com. Um, and then my other home on the internet is just Samantha dot and that links out to my podcast, which we didn't really get into, um, but it's about essential oils. So if there's any hippy dippy lovers out there that want to learn about essential oils, you can listen to that at, um, it's just called the essential oil revolution. And then my Instagram is at Sam Lee, right? But apologies that I'm very inactive on it. So I to, try to avoid social media when I can uh, and just focus on podcasting. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, you can find any links or resources mentioned in today's show down in the show notes. And if we're not friends outside of the podcast yet, then what are you waiting for? Come find me on Instagram at girlmeansbusiness, send me a DM letting me know what you thought of today's episode or any of the past episodes you've listened to. You can also take a screenshot of today's episode and post it to your stories, tagging at Girl Means Business, and I'll give you a shout out on my page. I love connecting with you and hearing all about your business and can't wait to get to know you more. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will meet you back here next week, same time, same place.